Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, soon to be four, The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, An Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. My new book coming out March 5th is called Raising Boys to Men, a simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. If you wanna keep up on all that's going on with that and be part of the giveaways and such, I encourage you to subscribe to my email newsletter. And when you do that, and you, you, and you use the link here in the show notes to do so, you're gonna receive free access to Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart devotional. That'll be free to you for simply subscribing to my email list. Also, if you are a mom to teens, please be sure that you listen to the podcast all the way through because I have an important resource to share with you after the prayer. Now, after hearing about my family's negative experience with CPS, you might be concerned about what CPS could do to your family and rightly so. But did you know that it is possible to reduce your likelihood of being reported just by educating yourself about your state's laws? In addition to offering legal defense for Christian homeschool families, our sponsor, Heritage Defense, has a law and policy vault, which is free to the public. You don't even have to be a member. The vault has summaries of laws in all 50 states covering a variety of issues ranging from vaccines for homeschoolers to newborn health policies. Understanding the law helps families make better decisions and reduces the likelihood of being falsely reported. Go to my.heritagedefense.org slash access the vault, and I will put that link in the show notes, to see the laws in your state. So again, I'll put those links, that link in the show notes, as well as the books and the link to subscribe to my email list. Now, many of you know that I write for Homeschooling Today magazine. And one of the articles that I write is called Dear Dorenda, where I answer one question asked by a homeschooling mom. Now today I'm having a conversation with Ashley, editor-in-chief at Homeschooling Today, and answering this question, how do I keep calm when it feels chaotic during the school day? Well, maybe as a parent, you're feeling a little bit of the chaos that can come from teaching math or finding a good math resource because every parent's mission is to equip their child with the best resources. And when it comes to math, CTC math is the beacon that lights up this path. Its dynamic approach makes it an invaluable tool for both homeschooling families and those seeking supplementary guidance. With lessons that capture attention and ignite curiosity, it has transformed many a reluctant learner into a math enthusiast. Grace, a dedicated mother, shared this. Witnessing my daughter's newfound enthusiasm and confidence in math has been nothing short of a revelation. Step into this world of enriched learning at ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well. Okay, are you guys ready? Let's dive into the question, how do I keep calm when it feels like chaos during the school day? Hello and welcome to the Dear Dorenda video interview brought to you by Homeschooling Today magazine. I'm so excited to be here with you again, Dorenda. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, I love this topic. I think it's going to be a great conversation. I do too. In our recent winter issue, uh, we uh, tackled the topic, 
How do I keep calm when it feels chaotic during the school day? And I think every homeschool mom can relate to this question. So please take it away, Dorinda. Oh, I appreciate the question so much because this is a this is a day-to-day thing. So this is a quality of life question here. And you know, personally, I'm I'm a mom who actually loves calm. I do not enjoy chaos. I know there's moms out there who kind of thrive in it. Um I am not one of those moms. And so uh, I often have to do a little check with myself and and remind myself again, why did I have eight kids in 13 years, five of whom were boys? <laughs> but really, I, I am so grateful to have had our eight kids. And it doesn't really matter how many kids you have, there's always going to be times of chaos. You know, it's just part of, it's part of the adventure. It's part of the journey. And so our job isn't necessarily to always be keeping a lid on things and a lid on the mayhem. But as moms, we are responsible for the tone in our homes. And I think that's something we need to remember. Like that's our job. The kids aren't going to do it for us. Our husbands can't do it for us. That is our job. And so if there isn't a certain amount of order, um, we're not going to accomplish much, um, whether that's, you know, things within the home, the chores and all of that, but also with, with homeschooling, which is what we're talking about today. So we have to stop and think about where the chaos is coming from. I think that's the first thing to to keep in mind. And in order to know that and respond appropriately, we have to ask ourselves some questions. So I'm going to go through a list of questions. Um, I I would really, really encourage you to um, think about these questions. Some of them might stand out to you as more important than others in your particular season, Um, but they are important questions to kind of be keeping in the forefront of our mind as we're trying to discern um, what, where the chaos is coming from. One of the things I used to do was just to, to, you know, when I couldn't tell where it was coming from, I would just stop and just watch or work slowly, but mostly be paying attention to um, what was going on in the household. So I could keep doing what I was doing. Say I'm doing dishes and I'm noticing there's lots of chaos. I want to kind of um, slow my heart down and my ears, tune my ears in to what's really going on and where it's coming from. So I think the first question we have to ask ourselves is, is the root of the chaos that my children are out of control? Um, in other words, am I setting and keeping healthy boundaries so that my kids have no doubt about what is acceptable and what is not? And I think that's such an important thing. Consistency is so important. And so we have to ask ourselves if we're being consistent in discipline. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, um, Ashley, where you just realize you're not enjoying your kids anymore. And, oh. and you also realize that it's probably your own fault because you've let them get by with too much. Has that ever happened to you? Absolutely. Yes. And <laughs> I I love what you said about stopping and really paying attention because it gives the Lord time to mm-hmm. speak to us and to help mm-hmm. us understand what the root of the problem is. I think a lot of times if it's starting to get chaotic, I just I just kind of erupt, you know, I'm just like, right. ah, we need to right. stop. This is too much. Right. Everybody, you know, chill out. And that's not really helpful, is it? Because no. <laughs> I'm I'm just reacting to the problem instead of yes. solving the issue. So exactly. that is so wise. 
Exactly. I talk about that a lot on my podcast. Are we reacting or are we responding? Those are two very different things. And often our reactions come from a place of fear. We're worried we're going to lose control of what's going on in the house. And and to a certain degree, that's a legitimate concern because it's our job as moms to keep that spirit of peace in our home and to be disciplining and to be keeping a certain amount of order. So yes, it's so important not to react. And so some Sometimes even just hitting the pause button when you feel yourself ready to erupt Um, because we get there really fast. I I just Mm -hmm. remember back when the kids were growing up, it felt like the first, as soon as I thought that, um, gosh, it's so peaceful in the house and it's been so peaceful. It was just a split second after that, that chaos would erupt and I could easily just flip on a dime and react where, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 seconds ago, I felt so peaceful. But what we need to do is, like you said, just respond, respond to our kids in a way that is the most beneficial for them and for us. Um, So another question we might ask ourselves is, uh, is there an instigator? Okay. Is there one child who seems to be stirring the pot whose behavior needs to be dealt with? It can be really easy to just kind of grab the first kid that you see that looks like they might be out of line, you know, when there's actually someone behind that who's provoking that. And I had this happen. I tell the story so many, so many times at at, at conferences because it's just such a great story. But I had that situation and I, I did what we talked about. I stopped and I just prayed and I watched and listened. And what I found was there was one kid that was stirring the pot, just like going out throughout the house, eight kids, several little, you know, groups, of of kids interacting throughout the house. And this is, this one child was basically going and poking the bear. Mm. And I finally was like, okay, you've got to stop doing that and, you know, talk to him some more about it and just kind of try to bring it to his attention. And um, long story short, he he didn't actually respond very well. And my husband had to sort of step in after a, a couple of days when I said, I can't do this anymore. This kid isn't listening. But there can be that one child who just really needs some extra uh, some extra boundary set or some, maybe even some time with us. This is something that I have done with my kids. I've found that sometimes when they're provoking each other, it's, it's actually, there's a, there's an underlying need there. And so mm-hmm. I will stake them to myself. Tomato stake them to myself is basically just keeping them with me for, you know, however long till I feel like they're uh, they've kind of calmed down a little bit and, and I've talked to them a little bit about what they've been doing. I just t- welcome them to sort of just stick with me while I'm folding laundry or doing dishes. I'll have them join me. We'll talk a little bit about why they've, maybe why they've been provoking their brothers and sisters. Is there something going on? And just letting a little bit of dust settle and and really just keeping them close by and then having those conversations. And sometimes more often than not, I would find out either something I didn't know about that was going on with them or that they just needed a little bit of extra time with me. And so mm-hmm. there's just can be, there can be so many reasons that they're provoking. Um, not that we're making excuses for them because that's not a proper and acceptable response to their need, but they're still learning how to tune into, oh gosh, I really need time with mom, but they don't really realize that's what's happening. And so we have yes. kind of have to help them process that. And have you had that before with your own kids? I have. And I love that, you know, what you're saying really is that there are different ways to deal with 
something that's mm-hmm. happening. And our initial mm-hmm. response way is just to make it stop, especially when it gets loud. For me, right, I right. am an auditory learner. And mm-hmm. so the noise just really <laughs> sets me off. And you know, kids are loud. And they so are. we have to learn how to how to help them and also how to to do it with grace and to do it with love. And so mm-hmm. it's this constant process of growing, isn't it? They're growing it, and we are growing. It's absolutely true. And so what can appear to be a negative or an obstacle can actually become an opportunity to get to know your child better, to get to know better where they are. Now, I'm not saying that's what you do every single time your child provokes somebody, but if you find that it is an ongoing problem, that might be the time to pull them close by and and, and talk a little bit more. Saying something like, you know, I've noticed that you've kind of been provoking your siblings quite a bit. Is there is there a reason for that? Do you and so what we're doing then is we're teaching them to self-regulate. We're teaching them that, oh, that response isn't wrong or that response is wrong. How do I manage this? How do I steward this? Like I'm recognizing that I'm reacting. And so now I'm learning how to pull back. So this child is learning how to pull back and ask the right questions. And so um, so that can just be such a helpful thing for them. So other reasons there can be chaos in our home is we need to ask ourselves, are we trying to do too much? That has been my, probably one of my biggest weaknesses is I'm a productive person. I like to get things done. I like things to keep uh, moving forward. And my expectations can become too much. They can become more than what I can realistically accomplish. And so it's important to ask ourselves that, have we added to the expectations? This is my my famous pattern and cycle that I'm still working on is once I've reached a certain level of expectation, I add another expectation and another one. <laughs> and pretty soon there's chaos. And it's, it's because I have over scheduled or tried to do too much, you know, questions we have to ask ourselves, have I scheduled too many activities both at home or outside of the home? And maybe am I trying to teach too many kids at once? Do I need to simplify? There's so many uh, nuances even in all of those questions. Um, Really, we have to ask the Lord for wisdom. Like, how do I know what is realistic? on a daily basis in my daily rhythms in this particular season of life. And, you know, eventually you'll move into another season and maybe your expectations can go up a little bit because your kids are getting older and more independent. But when they're they're young, they're much more dependent. And that is the nature. This This is the nature of things. This is the nature of parenting, motherhood, and the way God intended it. So I think it's important to know that God knows exactly what season we're in. And he's not looking with us at us with disdain because we're not accomplishing X, Y, and Z. You know, sometimes our greatest accomplishment is just being present, everybody fed, rested, Mm -hmm. and you know, you're engaging them, you're, you're present with them and you're reading together. And maybe that is enough for this season and that's okay. And so just knowing that that could be a possibility and and to know how to dial things back. And another thing that gets really tempting, again, is to schedule lots of activities, especially if we're fearful that we're not doing enough as a homeschooling parent. 
there can be lots of different reasons, but I think that's one of the biggies is we're worried we're not doing enough. And so we just schedule our kids out to the hilt and we end up actually undermining what we're trying to do. And what we're trying to do is raise children with a healthy perspective on how to live life. And we're, we're as mm-hmm. believers, we're raising disciples of Christ. And so that's our number one goal. But we also like, we want to teach our kids balance. Like there's a balance of work. There's a balance of play. We need to rest. We need to eat. We need to eat well. Those are all things we are teaching our kids in that process. That is part of their education. So it's important for them to go into life knowing when to say no to things, that it's okay to say no to things. Um, another, The other question about trying to teach too many kids at once, sometimes the multiple levels can be really challenging and we might need to figure out different ways that we can keep one kid entertained while we're focused on another or having the older kids help with the younger kids. So those are all things we need to ask ourselves and pray about. Um, and then of course, simplifying. That is something I have had to do. I can't even tell you how many times. It's count- countless times. So do you have, can you speak to simplicity, Ashley? I know that we're on the same page this way, but maybe, I don't know, do you have an example of a recent experience or um, a past experience where you've been able to do that? I was just thinking about the presence of peace. Mm -hmm. And if things are overscheduled or um, if we're overburdening our kids with schoolwork or whatever it is, there's this lack of peace. And yes, yeah. it can turn into chaos, but mm-hmm. I think we know when the rhythm isn't right. Mm-hmm. And so we schedule in schooling time and we schedule in things that are productive, but do we actually step back and schedule in enjoyment together? Mm-hmm. You know, moments mm-hmm. where we're going to be able, I know they'll enjoy doing this with us. Right. Or right. I know that, they need this free time to be able to be creative. Yes. Do we schedule that in? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think if we look at our homeschooling day and really look at the hours in the day and think about, okay, when are we enjoying moments together? Mm-hmm. You know, are mm-hmm. we enjoying breakfast? Is there something right. I can do differently to let us have these little moments and pockets of yes, family togetherness without mm-hmm. feeling rushed and without feeling... Um, burdened or harried, you know, and then also, okay, now these are going to be our our productive times so that we're not looking at the day thinking the whole day needs to be productive. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we think of as productive, that is. Um, Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I think that when you talk about those moments of just enjoying our kids, I think it's a, a moment or several moments without an agenda. There is no agenda except to just be together. So if we can have yeah. pockets of time throughout the day, whether that's at a meal time or like you said, that free time, we we scheduled in free time, um, independent time for our kids every afternoon. That was part of their education. And I think this is where we have to like change our thinking about what education is. It is so much bigger than just the books. The, the books are important. The curriculum is somewhat important, but the bigger things are how we live our lives together. And mm-hmm. so this idea of paying attention to the tone in our homes is a really, actually a really big thing. So I love that. I love that example. Also, we need to ask ourselves if our kids need a break. You know, kids need brain breaks and often boys need to get outside and burn off energy. Um, Mm -hmm. I gave our boys the option to like go jump on the 
trampoline for 10 or 15 minutes or ride their bikes or do some other physical activity in between each subject. Um, Sometimes they wanted to just play with Legos actually for a while, which wasn't necessarily a real physical activity, but I still think it helped them reset their brains because in their minds, it was a fun thing. And I think when kids are doing something enjoyable like that, that's that's actually somewhat creative. Their, Their brains do begin to start you know, like clicking back into gear again. Yeah, Um, it refreshes the mm -hmm. soul almost, you know? And I feel the same way, don't you? Mm -hmm. If you have things that you have to do and um, you can take a break to do something just relaxing or enjoyable, connecting with someone for a few minutes, then then getting back to that, you feel ready again. Exactly. And so we get to help our kids learn how to do that Mm -hmm. and learn Mm -hmm. how to, I love what you said earlier about, self-regulating and helping them process things and learn through them and walk through them. That's really what we're handing them, isn't it? This ability to handle life, right? you know, and all the things that life can kind of throw at us because I think society today doesn't know how to handle life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. our kids are going to grow up if we can slow down and pay attention and not just react and not just respond uh, or to respond and not react, then right. we can help them figure out how to do this in a small scale that's going to end up being what they do when they get older. That's exactly right. It starts with the small things and everything we've talked about, the examples we've given, leads to resilience in our kids. We want our kids to be resilient, to be able to face a problem head on, not be afraid of it, not run away, not not give up, but to look at it and to be able to critically think through it and then go, okay, this is how I'm going to tackle this. And that's what we're doing on a very small scale in all the things we just talked about. So um, it, it's amazing how we talk about such a simple subject, but it really does make a difference. This tone in our home, how we're responding to our kids, what we're teaching them along the way um, in terms of this is how we can um, process this this problem or this bad habit, or this is how we establish good rhythms. You know, these are all, these are life altering things. These are things that again, teach our children to be resilient and they will be able to handle what life throws at them. And that's what we want. So, And walking uh, with them through it mm -hmm. and not, like, I think there's such a difference there than having a rule that, oh, you broke this rule and here's a discipline and now we're going to move on. Right. Where that, you know, you need those things too. Right. But more than that, they need us with them, helping them think through things, helping them process, helping them learn and grow. And that happens in all these little ways and not just the big things, not just the, exactly. the rule and the breaking the rule and the consequence. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more. Right. I, what I'm hearing you say is it's more than about just the what. It's the why and the how. Yeah, that our kids need to learn, and so that this is what we're this is what we're wanting to do as homeschooling moms. Another question we can ask ourselves is: Do I need to break? Uh, do I need to break our concentrated learning into smaller blocks of time? Again, that's an expectation mm-hmm. thing. We can have a block of time where we've got too many things in the list, and what we need to do is maybe break that down a little bit smaller. Sometimes we need to make it bigger and have less things in it. So it's it's really just a matter of where you are 
Another question that's super practical and it's more of a physical aspect is, are my kids eating too much sugar and simple carbs Mm. and not enough nutrient-dense food? You know, they say you are what you eat and that is so, so true. We do as moms need to be nurturing our kids emotionally and spiritually and... uh, but we also need to do it physically. And, and so nurturing them is making sure that they're, they're eating well and they're eating on a regular timeline. Um, Cause okay. they get hungry. Sometimes they don't realize they're hungry. So if you have a, a rhythm and a routine that keeps them well nourished throughout the day, they're going to do so much better on all fronts. Um, whether we're working on character with them, whether they're working on schoolwork, they're, they're going to respond so much better. We're equipping them to respond better by doing that. Also, is our learning environment promoting peace? So there are certain types of music that are more conducive to a learning environment. Um, I've learned that often it's usually classical or acoustic music. Um, You can find this online so easily, way more easily than when my kids were young. I literally had to order (laughs) CDs that I could play. Um, But it's really, it really can make a difference on the environment in your home and just kind of the motivation. Our kids can be a little more motivated Mm -hmm. with the right kind of music. So are we encouraging a peaceful environment by our response to whatever is going on? And we already kind of talked about that. Mm -hmm. So I think, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I wonder, Dorenda, like, were there times when you hit that moment of like, I'm at a boiling point, but I don't want to boil over. Mm-hmm. What is something that you can do in that moment to not boil over? <laughs> well, I think the pause button, hit the pause button. That's the biggest thing I learned. And that can mean a lot of things. Um, for me, I'm more audio uh, affected by noise. So I'm right with you on the same page yes. um, in terms of getting overstimulated and overwhelmed mm-hmm. by noise. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I need to eliminate the noise. And I would just tell my kids, listen, I'm not mad at you. I just need you to go to your rooms and just be in there for a few minutes. Or I would remove myself and go someplace where I could hear as little as possible. Sometimes I went outside and just said, I'm just Mm going to step outside for a minute and just, it's okay to remove yourself from the situation. Obviously, if if the kids are fighting and like in the midst of, you know, boys especially just clobbering each other, you kind of have to just maybe just separate them, put them in different rooms and then go take a breather yourself. So everybody's, you know, safe and it doesn't escalate while you're, while you're trying to get your own heart together. Um, But I think that that pause button concept has been the biggest help to me. Um, And it's the, it's the thing you, it's very counterintuitive. It goes against what you want to do because everything in you wants to fix the problem now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's the opposite. So it takes self-control on our part. And and we as moms setting an example of self-regulating by saying, I I am not actually um, qualified or equipped to handle this problem right now because I won't handle it well. And being willing to admit that is humbling. Like we have to be willing to humble ourselves and say, I'm not, I'm not qualified to, you know, um, administer any kind of discipline right now. And, and I, I am not saying I did that every time because I did not, but I can tell you it went so much better and there was so much less apologizing to have to do, uh, recon to have to do if I just would discipline myself in that moment. So that would be my, 
my recommendation. Oh, that is excellent advice. And I think everybody can relate to that. And um, I'm going to be practicing that myself uh, more often, (laughs) I hope. Well, Dorenda, this is just, you're just so insightful and you give such good practical information that we can all take away and use right away. So thank you for your time. Thank you for instilling this wisdom in us. We just really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I would like to add one more thing because I think this is really, really important. Um, The final question that we should ask is, is this happy chaos? So in other words, Mm -hmm. is what we're experiencing actually the beauty of having children in our lives who are full of exuberance and joy, and they're just simply being children? I think that's that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Because this is that is actually a cause to rejoice and maybe even worth taking a moment to sit back and soak in that goodness. Um, I think we really just, my final word would be, and many of you have heard this, is the days are long, but the years are short. And so when those moments happen, if you can, just sit back and soak it in. Oh, that's so good. All right, everyone. Well, if you want to look at the rest of this issue of... Um, where this article came from, go to digital.homeschoolingtoday.com and check out our winter issue with the theme, Breaking Free from Guilt and Setting the Right Expectations. Thank you so much, Dorenda. Thank you. It's great to be here. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are the author of peace, that you are not a God of chaos or disorder, but a God of peace. Lord, we want peace in our homes. And I just pray that today, as the moms listened to my conversation with Ashley, Lord, that there would be certain things that just stood out to them, that the Holy Spirit is just putting a light on that may be helpful in having more peace in their homes. Thank you for giving us the homes that we have and the children that you've given us, Lord. We know that this is a good work and we know that you give us the grace to do it well. Lord, it is up to us in terms of what the the spirit in our home is like. Lord, we acknowledge that. We take responsibility for that. We ask forgiveness if we have not stewarded that well. And we ask that you would give us wisdom as we approach our days and when we find things beginning to get chaotic, God, would you give us the wisdom that we need to know what the root of the of the chaos is? Give us wisdom to come to you, to ask that question. Um, ask that you would help us to know whether we're doing too much, whether we need to take a break, um, that that wisdom would be given to us and you promised it would be given to us by you. You are the one who knows us and our kids better than we do. And Lord, I pray that, if this is if there are times that it is just simply happy chaos help us to be able to remember that this is a beautiful thing to be able to experience to have children in our lives who are full of exuberance and joy and simply being children lord that is a cause to rejoice and 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 worth taking time to sit back and soak in the goodness of what you have given us lord thank you so much for your goodness to us that you are unchanging thank you that you promise us wisdom And we thank you that we can have an overall sense of peace in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, moms, I want to tell you about an amazing summer leadership camp that my friends at XL College host. 
It's no secret that now more than ever before, it is vital for our teens to learn to think critically and live wisely as they navigate the world and become who God made them to be. My friends at Excel College are passionate about helping young leaders learn to discover God's truth, discern wisely, and live wholeheartedly and have fun doing it. If the teenager in your home wants to grow in their faith while building lifelong friendships and going on the adventure of a lifetime, send them to Excel College's Summer Leadership Camp. It's a transformative journey where they'll go on thrilling adventures like camping, rock climbing, and whitewater rafting and receive expert training and certifications in categories from CPR to wilderness first aid. Apply now at thexlcamp.org and select Dorinda Wilson for $100 off the camp. I will leave a link in the show notes. Have a great day, moms.